You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. E-S-N-Y. <laughs> Alright, they did it. Finally. We finally saw the New York football giants win a football game in 2020. It happened. It occurred. Finally. What's going on? Thank you so much for tuning in to episode 43 of the Wider Eye Podcast. I am your host, Ryan Honey. As always, of Elite Sports New York and the Elite Sports Radio Network. Uh, as usual, back on a Sunday night to give you uh, our immediate reaction episode This time, obviously talking about the Giants' win over the Washington football team that occurred on Sunday afternoon at MetLife Stadium. Giants are still in it now. They're 1-5. Cowboys leading the division at 2-3. The Giants are one win back. Cowboys would have the tiebreaker if they were to have the same record because the Cowboys beat them already. But the Giants are one win behind the division-leading Cowboys, which is unreal. Absolute absurdity. I mean, if you're one in five and you're still like knocking on the door of the first of that first place spot, that's uh, you don't ever see that ever. But that's just how the NFC East is uh, in 2020. Um, so, but just talking about this game specifically, we knew this would be a defensive battle, and it was. These two, the Washington offense isn't good. Giants offense is putrid, near the bottom of the league. Uh, that's pretty sure coming into this game, the Giants were the second-worst scoring team in the league, while Washington was the third-worst scoring team in the league. So we knew this would be a defensive battle, and it was. We knew that if the Giants' defense just stepped up and made enough plays, the offense wouldn't have to, and that's exactly what occurred. Giants' defense kept Washington's run game in check, only gained 86 yards on the ground. Giants allowed 337 total yards, which isn't fantastic, but it isn't horrible either. That's not a putrid mark, at least in my opinion. They sacked Kyle Allen three times. James Bradbury had the interception. I think I'd say if there's something that the Giants defense wasn't great at on Sunday, it was getting off the field. Washington converted eight of 15 third downs, two of two fourth downs, and had the edge in time of possession. Washington had the ball 33.5 minutes of the game, while the Giants had it for 26 and a half minutes. But there's one play One play can change so much in a game. One play can alter everything. And if there was a play in this game that changed everything, it was the Kyler Fackrell coming in on the blitz, forcing Kyle Allen to cough up the ball, getting the sack. And then Tay Crowder, 2020's Mr. Irrelevant, who was very much not irrelevant today, scooping the ball up from the ground and scoring the go-ahead touchdown. Of course, Washington scored after that, and the Giants were able to stop the two-point attempt that would have likely won the football team the game, but Crowder's scoop and score was the play of the game 100%. As I wrote today, 
at EliteSportsNewYork.com. Check it out. Crowder was not irrelevant today. Hey, he's definitely been a good contributor thus far for the Giants, and today proved that he can overcome the Mr. Irrelevant title and uh, be relevant. You know, and I think it's nuts that I mean, if you're Mr. Irrelevant and you're the 255th overall pick in the draft, 254 guys going to the other 31 teams before you. And you're still able to find reps as a starter by week six and be on the field for a crucial late game tie game play like what happened on Sunday. That's pretty damn good. If you can go from being the number 255 overall pick to being on the field in that stage of the game and in that scenario and making a huge play, definitely the play of the game, you know, by week six, that's nuts. Um, so, and I, that's, you have to admit that. Okay? I admit that it's crazy and it's awesome. You should too. And I don't think anybody would disagree with that. So that was huge. And that was great to see that play, that Crowder play. And, um, shout out to Joe Judge. First victory as a head coach came at MetLife Stadium, obviously with no crowd or fans or anything like that against the division rival. And, uh, to win in that fashion, with the Crowder touchdown and then stopping the two-point conversion at the end. That's exciting. It was an ugly win, which Leonard Williams, I believe, said in the uh, post-game press conference. It was an ugly win. But nonetheless, it was it was uh, exciting. You can't deny that. And congratulations to Crowder, Joe Judge, and uh, the Giants overall. I mean, it's tough coming into these games 0-5. You know, that that's a tough first five weeks. And so they were itching for a win. Uh, we were itching for them to win a game. And it happened. So... Kudos to all of them. But I thought all in all, the defense stepped up when it needed to. Because the offense was indeed putrid again. Uncreative play calling. Slow developing plays. Not exactly the greatest run game. Devontae Freeman only had, what, 3.4 yards per carry. And uh, Daniel Jones didn't play great either. Again, he hasn't really played great this whole year. And I, he, threw the touch, he threw his first touchdown pass since week one. I'll give him that which was a beautiful pass to Darius Slayton in the back left corner of the end zone. But nonetheless, he threw for a total of 112 yards. You know, had his weekly turnover. Threw a pick in the back of the end zone in the third quarter. Tried to throw it away, I believe. And just didn't get enough strength on the throw. And uh, they picked it off in the back. Uh, the um, football team picked it off in the back of the end zone. So he didn't play great. So And then the offensive line again. The offensive line wasn't horrific. I don't think the offensive line was the main issue in this game. But I did not like the like rotation they were doing at left tackle. I know Andrew Thomas was benched and didn't start the game because he missed the team's Saturday night meeting. That's what he said in the post-game press conference. He missed the Saturday night meeting, so he was scratched from the starting lineup. And uh, they had Matthew Parrott, who they drafted in the third round this year out of UConn, start the game at left tackle. And so then they put Thomas back in, which I guess is understandable because he was probably just scratched from the start of the first quarter or whatever. They put him back in, but then they put Parrott back in at left tackle and then Thomas back in at tackle at left tackle again. So it became like a rotate. It was weird. Like you don't see like teams utilizing a rotation uh, for the offensive line, let alone the left tackle position, which is arguably, you know, not arguably, is the most important offensive line position there is. You just don't see that. It was weird. 
And uh, other teams don't do that, but I guess the Giants are just not like every other team. You know, so I, I thought that was weird. But the, the there were indeed times where the pocket collapsed and Jones had to extend the play outside the pocket or step up in the pocket. I'll have to look at the film to really get the, you know, really see the specifics. But at the end of the day, they only allowed one sack. Uh, I don't think the offensive line was the main issue in this game. I just think the rotation was weird. I understand the circumstances of how Thomas missed the meeting and he couldn't start. But I just I just thought that was so bizarre and just strange. So I'm going to be doing something that I haven't done yet. I wish I did it. I wish I sort of thought of this, but I don't know why I did it. I'm going to be giving out some game balls. Okay, Obviously, Tay Crowder is going to get one of the game balls. That's pretty self-explanatory. Was a big uh, part of that, of the biggest play of the game. So, and uh, he gave the Giants the lead late in the game. And uh, gave the Giants the eventual win. So, he gets a game ball. That's pretty self-explanatory. Everything I said earlier on in this episode is, you know, it's it's self-explanatory why Tay Crowder is getting a game ball. Logan Ryan had also give a game ball too. I understand he allowed the touchdown late. But other than that, Logan Ryan was great for this Giants defense. And he has been for the most part this year. I think he provides that X factor that you need in the defensive backfield. And simply speaking, Logan Ryan's a playmaker. Okay, he, he can do well in coverage. He comes up on the blitz. He plays up in the box. And that's why the Giants give him basically have him on the field for basically all of the all the um, defensive snaps. He's a playmaker. And he showed that on Sunday against Washington. Eight tackles, uh, one sack. Him and the Giants were decent in coverage for the most part. And he also recovered the onside kick at the end, which was obviously huge, and secured the victory for the for Big Blue. So with the exception of the late Washington touchdown that he allowed in the back left corner of the end zone, that would have, you know, that brought the football team within one, and obviously they didn't get the uh, two-point conversion thereafter. With the exception of that, I thought Logan Ryan played exceptionally well. And uh, yeah, he was big in this win. He was a big aspect of this first Giants win of the year. And I'll also give one to Kyler Frackrell. Kyler Frackrell had the sack and forced fumble of Kyle Allen that led to the Crowder touchdown. And I think he really stepped up for this pa- for this pass rushing unit in the absence of Lorenzo Carter and O'Shane Zimenez. Remember, when we talked about this in episode 42, if you listened, it was, I said, Kyler Frackrell is going to have to step up. This Giants pass rushing unit went from a group that had a number of bodies that they could rotate through to the point where Marcus Golden wasn't even getting a lot of playing time after leading the Giants in sacks last year, to now it's a group with their injuries to Carter and Zimenez. It's now a group that's become, that lacks the proper depth, or lacks the reliable depth. You don't know what you're going to get out of Carter Coughlin or Cam Brown, the two rookies. You really you don't know the full extent of what you're going to get out of them on the field. So it's become a group that at one point had significant depth and now doesn't have a lot of depth at all, really. And I said Kyler Frackle was going to need to step up along with Marcus Golden, and uh, Frackle did. Uh, he had one of the Giants' three sacks, and he's been great this far this year. He had the pick six last week against the Cowboys. Uh, his belief he's tied for the team lead in sacks with three. I think Leonard Williams also has three now. He had a sack today as well. So, yeah, Fackrell's been good thus far. I bash Dave Gettleman a lot, and you all know that. 
people who read my articles, people who read my who listen to my podcast, they know I bash Dave Gettleman. I'm not a Gettleman supporter whatsoever. I support this move by Dave Gettleman signing Kyler Fackrell. Because he's proven on the field that he was worth the one year deal. And it was a cheap deal too. I think it was only like four million. And uh, he's proving that he's worth more. <laughs> you know, so it's he's done what he, he's done everything he's needed to do for the Giants thus far. And he's probably the team's best pass rusher right now, I would say. 100%. I, not probably. He is. In my opinion, he's the team's best pass rusher right, right now, especially with Carter uh, done for the year. So I'll, he gets the third game ball. I thought he played great. And he made the plays when he needed to. And that's what you need to do. So as far as this upcoming week is concerned, the Giants now have momentum after this big win. And they have a short week. Short week, they play the Eagles on Thursday night at Lincoln Financial Field. That should be, ugh, I don't know. I, the Eagles are bad. We know this. The Eagles are not great this year at all. With their 1-4-1 and one right now, they're not great. But that's always a tough, you'll, the Giants always get their best. They do. They haven't beat them since 2016. They've lost the last seven meetings consecutively. The Giants, regardless of the Eagles are good or not so good, whether they're whether they have momentum or not, whether they're playing great or not, the Giants will always get the Eagles' best. So expect them, even on a short week, to still get the Eagles' best. And, uh, you know, we'll see how that works out. I don't know. I don't think they'll... I'm going to be quite honest with you. I don't think the Giants win that game. I think, you know, yeah, they had a big win on Sunday, on um, big win today, but you know, they only beat Washington by one. Washington's a putrid football team as well. So I, I don't think the Giants win that game, but we'll see. You never know if you know injuries occur throughout the week, gives the Giants a better chance at winning. So it, it's we'll see what happens. But it's a it's a short week. They got to deal with it. Every team who has a Thursday night game does, and we'll see how prepared they are come Thursday night. It's going to be tough, Dan, especially Daniel Jones, who struggled this year playing on the road in front of, I know, not a lot of Philly fans, but there will be Philly fans there. I believe they were cleared to have like 7,500 in the stadium or something like that. So there will be Philly fans in the building who will be talking trash like they always do. So Eli dealt with it for years. Uh, Daniel didn't last year because he was hurt for the game, the road game they had against uh, the Eagles. But it, it's going to be a tough uh, situation. But what situation in the NFL isn't tough? You know, so they got to prepare well for that in a short week, and we'll see how that game turns out uh, this coming Thursday night. As far as the podcast schedule, I know we usually do the preview episode Thursday, but obviously we can't do that now this week because the game is on Thursday night. So I will be coming out, so this will go up. I'll be coming out with a preview episode on Tuesday. Keep it going quickly. You know, that's what you got to do in a short week, busy week. And uh, we'll do the recap reaction episode after the game Thursday night or Friday morning. Uh, it'll be all there for you. Just because it's a short week, it's not nothing's changing. Just the time frame of stuff is changing. But we'll do everything we can to put out these episodes for you. And uh, we will not fail at doing that. But until then, thank you so much for tuning in to episode 43 of the Wide Right Podcast. Uh, I'm your host, Ryan Honey of Elite Sports New York and the Elite Sports Radio Network. As always... Uh, listen to the podcast, subscribe to the podcast on all major platforms, basically Apple, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, Google Play, and Google Podcasts. They're up there all the time. You know, we got multiple different 
locations where you can find the podcast. And you'll also find it on EliteSportsNewYork.com as well. But until uh, Tuesday, thank you so much for tuning in. And uh, I'll talk to you guys later.